Your On The Mark podcast is loading now. The On The Mark podcast is sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company, family-owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia on Routes 11 and 15 Hummel's Wharf. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On The Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence, Lawrence and, and Joe McGranahan. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence, your congenial host. Uh, congenital host, actually, is probably more like it. Sipping my coffee and slurping in your ear this morning. Actually, I'm Joe McGranahan. Mark Lawrence is sitting across from me, strikingly handsome as always. That's a bonus one for this month. Boy, you're all wound up today. <laughs> no, I'm in a good mood. You're going through I've a manic just, phase. No, I've just read uh, Mastriano's re- uh, proposal for education, and I'm astounded. So I'm I'm in an interesting mood. Okay, uh, what's the bottom line? We're giving He's them going to basically tear the whole thing up and start over. Again. Right, it's like a massive waiver program where the money goes right to so kids, it follows the students, and not the school district, which I think is a tragic mistake. That's me personally. Okay, so you think continuing to do the same wrong thing over and over again forever? is the right way really, to go. You think, you think our basic education system in this country has failed that miserably. I think the current teachers' unions are the problems with the system. Oh, brother. But I don't think that <laughs> the system itself is at fault. Teachers' union. You're I funny. do. I'm sorry. They are. Okay. The worst thing about a teachers' union Not the ones comes... around here. I'm talking about oh, the national okay. teachers. I'm talking about the national teachers' unions. Okay. Didn't want to teach, wanted people to, you know, stay home. What's wrong with teachers' unions? Real quick. What's wrong with them is I think that they are more interested in advancing the national ones, the liberal agenda, than they are teaching the kids. Oh, brother. They're more interested in keeping people home and masked up and scared and not and not not wanting to go into the classrooms and teach. Oh, boy. You were that doing doesn't so apply good. around here, though. However, our our teachers' you unions were doing are not the so well. Well, I'm sorry, but I th- I think that our f- system of I won't say free education because we're obviously paying quite a bill for it, but public education I think mm-hmm. is what built this country. Once we started offering people public education, we created schools, we made people attend them, uh, we made attendance mandatory. You know, you can't just skip school. We require people to become somewhat of an educated citizen. And our our local schools and around the country, I think, have done a mostly a largely incredibly good job of doing that. Mostly largely incredibly. You have <laughs> yeah. to pick one there. Well, it's not it's like all that, big giant, that big giant uh, huge sirloin steak that one of doctors, somebody's patients enjoyed. Oh, <laughs> huge, big, giant steak. Huge, yeah, right, big, big, giant, giant steak, sirloin, yeah. Yeah, yeah Dr. Jenkins' uh, patient. Right. So, But seriously, I, th- I think our basic education system has worked well over the years. Okay. It's produced you. It's produced me. <laughs> I didn't go to a par- private school. <laughs> and now look at you. Yeah, now look at oh, I got me an education. Where did you go to college? Millersville. Okay. Good for you. I thought you were going to become a teacher. 
Well, that was the whole point, mm-hmm. but it didn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> radio. Once you once you sample radio, you can never leave. I became a disc jockey, and that was the end of me. <laughs> All right. One eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. On the market, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Please check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll free line is open. It's one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five. We're going to talk about Doug Mastriano's education plan. AP asked him for an outline of the plan. Of course, he won't disclose that, but uh, they, by uh, f- tracking him at various appearances, were able to come with, up with what we call, I guess, the highlights of it, what some of the key points are, and uh, they're all worth discussing. So uh, I think uh, that's one of the reasons that he still has some traction in some households. Of course, his abortion stand is another reason. About 8% of his supporters are <laughs> firmly behind him in that particular case. Well, this idea of charging in doctors and women with murder. Uh, believe it or don't, the public... Even if they're pro-life, don't favor that. They favor some sort of a grace-filled response, not just arresting people. But in any event, okay, so moving on. I like the second part of of the uh, story that you sent me this morning. It was billed as a blockbuster but ended up as a flop. If Doug Mastriano's big rally last weekend were a movie, its Rotten Tomatoes score would be in the single digits. Only a few dozen supporters joined the Republican state senator on the steps of the Capitol building in Harrisburg, some of them members of a local militia group. The photos look bad. Because it was bad. <laughs> the press coverage, <laughs> brutal. <laughs> okay. Wow. All right. Well, that, the press coverage being brutal for Mastriano doesn't surprise me. Now, that's incidentally not a, a straight article. That's an editorial Joe's reading from, from AP, right? Ran that? Yes, AP. Okay. But clearly labeled as an editorial. Uh, actually, they listed was as it? an. Uh, no, they listed as a reporter's observations. Okay. Who's been working on his plan. And he mixed in it his opinion, which you just heard that aspect of it. But then later, the things that he has been able to find out about Doug Mastriano's education plan, which, like I said, are all worth talking about. You know, it's funny that he won't discuss them, but they're all sort of notable things uh, that uh, different people that are interested in education have brought up and talked about and considered funding. All right, so we'll talk about that. Now, I tell you that we're going to talk about that later because we're not going to talk about that first uh, because we are going to talk to Jim Crisula at 8.45 this morning, so uh, we'll have to rely on something else, or, well, we could get into the Doug Mastriano thing, but we want to talk about uh, the Hurricane Ian making its way about to go off land in Florida again very shortly, if it hasn't already, but uh, rain being measured in the feet down there, and uh, when when Florida gets a hurricane like this, everybody knows somebody in Florida, and so it's it kind of changes it. You know, you get a tornado in Kansas. I don't personally know anybody who lives in, in Kansas, but uh, we all know some somebody in Florida and lots of somebodies and lots of us, well, most of us have been there really to Orlando and Disney World and all that kind of thing, except Joe's never been to Disney World. I just don't get it. I don't want to go. Okay, well, that's fine. All right, anyway. Not interested in Actually, mice. it would be safe to say most people haven't been to Disney World. Mice and ducks don't fascinate me anymore. No, well, right, mice and ducks. <laughs> that's like not going to Knobles because you don't like pigs that suck litter. I like litter. Cosmo. Okay, well, yeah, everybody <laughs> does. That's different. He's broad appeal. All right, so anyway, we're going to talk to Jim Corsula about that Which very broads? shortly. All Everybody. <laughs> okay. Jeez. That's what the 30s, calling women broads. Yes, that is. That's way back. Why is no that? No longer acceptable. Why I have call no idea. No idea. I don't know where that came from. Because their hips are broader than men? Well, I guess that could be. I don't know. But all, all the old movies, I watch all those old 1940s murder mysteries and detective stories. They're always calling women baby and honey. You wouldn't get away with that today. <laughs> 
You wouldn't. You don't? I well, do. Well, if you know the woman oh, well okay. enough. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I still, when I go out front to, and go out the front door, I still say goodbye, girls, to all the women in the building, and, th- and they all reply. Well, I mean, uh, that's like calling me a boy. I don't. I would be. Uh, I would not be offended if you call me boy. I think, man, your eyesight's bad, but <laughs> I Goodbye, appreciate boys. the compliment. Goodbye, boys. Yeah, fellas, gang. Some people are sensitive to that. They don't want you to call them anything other than what they are. You know? Well, yes, that's true. I, I, I would give you my personal pronouns, but goodbye, men. <laughs> what are your personal pronouns? Ziz. Okay, so you're going for the neutral. <laughs> Jeez, here we go. Just call me Ziz. Isn't it funny? You don't like personal pronouns, but you I do have like, one. No, I don't have one. All right, one eight hundred seven. Actually, I've been called many things, and some of them, all of them are fairly personal. <laughs> we have time for one quickie, angry man, before we take a quick break. If somebody wants to get through one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five, you can email us at on the mark at WKOK.com, and you can text us at 70236. I believe we got to all the texts yesterday. We had quite a few, uh, but if you would like to send us a message via text, uh, feel free to do so. Uh, 70236, then include in the first couple characters in your message, OTM, and then a space, and then you can put your message in. you got 150 characters to get her done, and uh, so that is uh, that. Uh, let's see, what else can we tell you? Uh, I'll do the Sunbury Motor Company ad, and then we'll take a break, and then it'll be time for Jim Crusula. So how about that? That sounds reasonable. The Sunbury Motor Company wants to remind you that they got a lot of vehicles that are just uh, perfect for your driving. they got the Mustang Mach-E, which is, uh, you know, they're right around $50,000. It's not the cheapest vehicle on the lot, less exp- least expensive on the lot, but it's the only one that runs on pure electricity, and they can get you one of the Sunbury Motor Company. They do have a wait list for the Ford Lightning. I believe the first one's going to be delivered very soon. It was scheduled earlier this month, but then uh, they ran out of one chip. That's where, and Joe, you're about 15th in line at the Sunbury Motor Company for your Lightning when it gets here. 15th. Right. (laughs) I told you, it's been waiting so long it actually had a recall on one chip. They had to replace it while it waits on the train car, but uh, that'll be here in the weeks and months ahead. And the Ford Broncos are on the lodging at the normal Ford Bronco or the Bronco Sport. It's really uh, it just kind of juiced up a little bit. It's got a lift kit on it and it's just a super, super, super uh, truck. They would love to see you driving one of the Ford Broncos or a Mustang Mach-E at the Sunbury Motor Company. They would also love to see you working there if you'd be interested in an entry-level job at their business. Now remember, they got a hundred and well, almost 200 employees prior to the pandemic. Uh, they're at about a hundred and a half now because they have opening in the quick lane area, the car and light truck service area, the heavy truck uh, service area, the body shop, the frame and alignment shop, the towing departments, all looking for some either experienced folks who know how to serve in those areas or entry-level folks who are looking for their first job or just a career change. SunburyMotors.com has a place that you can apply there, or you can go to uh, call them at 286-7746, our sponsor. We'll be back with Jim Sula from CBS momentarily. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing 
They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full, new, and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Alabama. Okay, yeah, we're rocked in the uh, cone of certainty from AccuWeather for Hurricane Ian, and we have, uh, well, I don't know if you, you get to be an expert, but after you cover about three dozen of them, you certainly are an informed individual, CBS uh, reporter and correspondent Jim Crisula in Greensboro, North Carolina. Good morning, Jim. Thank you so much for call- or for uh, making yourself available today. Yes. Good morning, sir. Yeah, good morning, guys. Good to talk to you again. Very good to hear from you. Uh, tell us, uh, you've seen, you literally have covered dozens and dozens of storms, so tell us, where does this rank in the top ten? Yeah, certainly I think uh, it's going to come in, uh, you know, maybe the top five. Um, this storm, very reminiscent, fellas, of Hurricane Charlie that hit the west coast, southwest coast of Florida in 2004, caused tremendous damage. This storm, though, was about four times as big as Charlie, as bad as Charlie was. I was down there in Punta Gorda, Florida, I remember, when it came ashore. Boy, it was rock and roll for several hours, but this storm, uh, much worse. The Hurricane Center, National Hurricane Center, is saying the center of this of what was Hurricane Ian is right around Orlando, dumping tremendous amounts of rain. That's a big, big concern today, uh, aside from all of the damage uh, on the west coast of Florida is this tremendous amount of rain that's falling. Now, really from central Florida on up through northeastern Florida, uh, on through Jacksonville, and then along the coast of Georgia, going up towards Savannah. Uh, At this point, the Hurricane Center's best guess is that this storm will continue to move in the northeast, the remnants of Ian, head back out over open waters of the Atlantic, strengthen perhaps again to a strong tropical storm, if not a, a low category one hurricane, and then move up the coast and make a second landfall in South Carolina, and then come up through the Carolinas over the weekend, dumping a lot of rain. There's really a lot of concerns about flooding, especially in the mountains of the Carolinas, North Georgia, East Tennessee, up into Virginia, and even eventually West Virginia. Jim, I, I, you look at all the problems that are going to result from this storm. Primarily, I guess they, their primary concern is to try and get people's electricity back on or to find out what the damage assessment would be. Have you seen any effort so far um, to get that underway, or is it too early to start that kind of recovery and, and rehabilitation? As of a couple of hours ago, there were uh, about 3 million homes and businesses without power in Florida. I suspect that number may go up yet today because, again, this storm still has top winds and just below hurricane strength. And, and with all of the rain and the winds, you have to believe that there's going to be more power outages. Part of the problem, they have pre-positioned just hundreds, if not thousands, of power crews across Florida, Miami area, one of them. But the problem is that so many of these areas 
are going to be and will be and are inaccessible at this point. I almost hate to say this, but the sheriff of Lee County, Florida, which is Fort Myers, was on one of the network TV shows this morning, and he said that he fears that just in Lee County, the death toll will be in the hundreds. I people that didn't leave? Yes. Well, let me ask you about this, the people that are in harm's way. Uh, it seems as though the populations are just keeps growing and growing in the Florida sure. and in the whole area where you're at, North Carolina and sure. South. Tell me about this explosion in population. How much uh, of a bigger factor is that that you know because of the, uh, the so many more people live there? and have never experienced anything like this. It is my understanding, by the way, from local officials, and the the many storms I have covered, that when a mandatory evacuation order is, is issued, fellas, they cannot force you from your home. They have no legal authority to do that. It's simply a strong recommendation, obviously. Now, I've talked to many, many people over the years who decide to, to stay put to ride out these storms, tempt fate. First off, they say, hey, I don't want to get in these monumental traffic jams where a a normal trip would take you, let's say, five, six hours. Well, suddenly you're looking at 15, 16, 20 hours on the road because of of the traffic. Secondly, they have concerns about running out of gas and, and stations having gas. Thirdly, are there accommodations somewhere? Can you can even find a hotel? First and foremost, fellas, the, the, the main reason people tell me that they don't want to leave their homes in a storm like this is, frankly, fear of it being looted. That's a reasonable fear, I would suspect, once the waters go down a little bit. Uh, sure. I, we saw some amazing pictures of actually, at, I guess it was in one of the bays where the water was actually being sucked out. Right, uh, yes. Eventually it comes back in, right? And does that cause even more problems? Yes, and one of the big concerns with this storm, and fortunately it didn't happen, was initially, remember, a few days ago. They were talking about Tampa St. Pete taking a direct hit from this storm and all of that water being sucked out of Tampa Bay and then rushing back in. And in places in Tampa Bay, uh, that water, as I understand it again, from being down there several times, is 100 feet deep. So you're talking a considerable amount of money and, uh, you know, losses, potential losses from that. So, uh, but again, this storm came in south of there, as Charlie did, again, 2004. And uh, in this case, it looks like it really, really decimated Fort Myers, whereas Charlie in 2004, the damage was north of there, Port Charlotte, Venice, Punta Gorda. We're, we're in, <clears throat> along a river up here, and one of the arguments or one of the things we hear concerns about all the time is the high cost of flood insurance. Do these right. folks down there, I mean, are, is there such a thing as hurricane insurance? How many people have it, and, and you know, what does it cover, if you know? They do have it, but that being said, again, I hearken back to 2004 because that was the year that hurricane, four hurricanes, and I covered all of them, hit Florida that year. And afterwards, and I remember this because at the time my parents were living uh, down in the Clearwater area, after that, it became very difficult to get hurricane insurance. Many of the major carriers simply decided, hey, we're taking too much of a loss here in Florida. We're no longer no longer going to offer hurricane insurance. In fact, the state, I remember, set up funds the next few years to cover people, to offer people at least some kind of insurance 
for hurricane damage. So that's been a real issue. In fact, here in North Carolina, where I am, after several major hurricanes in recent years, again, a similar situation where people along the coast, those who own coastal properties, waterfront properties, island properties, have a much more difficult time getting hurricane insurance or even property insurance for that matter. What about the economic impact of this even far beyond the the areas that are hit by the hurricane? You know, regardless of the individuals who lose money because uh, and property because of the hurricane, the nation is seeing gasoline prices go up. In what way does this impact the economy? Experts say that they do not expect this storm to have much of an impact on uh, gas prices because there are very few oil rigs off the west coast of Florida. We're not talking about a storm hitting up in, in uh, the uh, you know southern areas of Louisiana or, or into Texas where you have many more oil rigs than you do off the west coast of Florida. Economic impact, one thing we're going to have to, to see you would have you would have to guess that there's been tremendous agricultural damage from this storm. Uh, what's it done to citrus groves across central Florida? Sure, there are not as many as there used to be, but still, it's a very sizable um, agriculture industry across Florida. So uh, we're going to have to see long term how, how this plays out and how much damage there is. Again, as we speak, there's still very, very heavy rain and, and strong, strong winds blowing across much of Florida. With the, uh, you mentioned that one of the sheriffs predicted that deaths in his area might be at least 100 people, which is kind of well, scary. But you look back to the 1920s, that horrible hurricane that hit down there and the loss of life. But today we have so much in the way of technology sure. that can predict the storms and path and just give us advance warning. Is there? Do you think, from what you've seen, do you believe that it would be the fact that the storm had such great magnitude that people couldn't overcome it, or is the construction of homes and the fact that people build in harm's way, what, what would be the major factor in the loss of life if there is, in fact, a huge loss of life here? I think in this case, water, from what I've seen, tremendous uh, storm surge and, and just a lot of water being pushed into places where water wasn't there before. I, I, I think that that's what we're going to see with the, uh, if, in fact, there are a significant number of deaths in this, I think that that's probably what we're going to see. You mentioned building codes and all of that. I've got a nephew down in Charleston, South Carolina, who does uh, home improvement work. And we were talking a couple of weeks ago, and I said, again, can you imagine what a hurricane like Hugo that decimated Charleston in 1989 would do today with all of the growth? We were talking earlier about growth in these coastal areas, and he made a valid point, I thought. He said, you know, he said, probably not as much damage because in a lot of these coastal areas, they have upgraded the building codes so much to prevent that kind of catastrophic property damage or building damage from these storms, places like Myrtle Beach or the Norfolk, Virginia Beach area up in southeastern Virginia. All right. Well, thank you so much for the information and the insights. You Uh, you too are in the cone of influence or cone of certainty as it exits uh, the U.S. So, uh, boy, uh, Godspeed and be safe. safe. (laughs) Always good to talk to you guys. Take care now. Stay well. Thank you so much. Very much appreciated. Jim Crisula from CBS, as he alluded to, he's been covering storms for decades for CBS. He's a 30-year experienced uh, CBS correspondent and uh, used to chase the storm. 
arms, but now uh, in his, one of his previous interviews, he says, fortunately, with the Internet and satellite and uh, all the uh, ways to cover things, he doesn't usually have to travel to the storms. But in this particular one, living in Greensboro, North Carolina, this storm is going to come to him by the time we get to Sunday night and Monday. So, And uh, that is when the, imp- the cone of certainty <laughs> is going to be in the really the southern portion of Pennsylvania, but all of Pennsylvania is in the potential influence of this storm, and we're likely to get some rains on Saturday afternoon, I think is what they're talking about new. Now, Pennsylvania has always been in this storm's path, so as soon as they showed the landfall uh, when it was in the Gulf of Mexico, Pennsylvania has been at the tail end of its trip through the U.S., so uh, even, even, even without the little curly cube going back out to the Atlantic and back onto the mainland, Pennsylvania always stayed in the uh, impact zone for at least some rain. So uh, we will certainly keep you posted about that. Uh, through AccuWeather, our forecaster, Jeff Nordine, says he's they're, they're going to have a pretty good handle on Pennsylvania's impact by the time we talk tomorrow. Mike, you called in just before the top of the hour, so we have a moment uh, to talk to you. Uh, please go right ahead. We're enjoying we'll give you more pre- time on the other end. <laughs> Yeah, as I mentioned earlier, I, I predicted that this would be the uh, hurricane that changes the election. And so far, what I'm seeing by watching MSNBC and CNN, uh, I think the Democrats' plan to handle this has been excellent as far as the uh, you know getting as much political gain out of it as they can. Uh, I thought it was brilliant by uh, the president not uh, talking to DeSantis, but rather going to key uh, governors. Uh, or, I mean, key mayors of towns uh, to put out the message that the president is behind them and that he'll be working for them and that he'll be there to help them as soon as the water and the winds go down. And uh, and then they dovetailed right into the climate change and, and how much worse these hurricanes are going to get in the future if uh, we don't do something about stopping hurricanes. Now, that one, uh, that one, the one Democrat, she went off the reservation and said that... Uh, uh, only Democrats can stop hurricanes, but I think that was a little ludicrous. They were hurricanes <laughs> were here long before uh, Democrats came around. But uh, no, they're they're doing a really good. The Democrats are doing a really good job getting as much political gain out of this as they possibly can. This isn't going to be uh, Biden's Katrina moment, obviously. You know what's interesting? So I, make it that. I don't know whether you yeah. saw it yesterday, right. but Governor DeSantis had a press conference where he was outlining everything they were doing. Fox carried it. MSNBC and CNN did not. Right. Well, who? You said somebody was doing FEMA at the same time. No, this they were just doing their regular reports. I got but you. They okay. Completely ignored Governor DeSantis. At one point, and this is the, this sentence is all I know about it. FEMA was holding a news conference, and Ron DeSantis was holding a news conference. Uh, Mike, call back. We, we got, we're got. we going to have to ask you more questions about your good observations, so we'll want to hear more. You're listening to WDK, okay, Sunbury. News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com. Now, here are your hosts for On the Mark, 
Mark Lawrence, and Joe McGranahan. Greetings. Welcome on board WKOK's live telephone talk show. On the mark, we have a fabulous producer on the other side of the glass. Lynn Hall is there. Uh, she's why we were able to get connected up with Jim Crisula, because she knows how to make that, make that console sing over there. So we appreciate that. She'd be ready to handle your call. You can direct it to the following telephone number, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com, and you can text us at 70236. We're starting out with words about Hurricane Ian, and it looks like it's going to uh, drift off the Florida coast here very shortly. Uh, Stay out in the Atlantic, maybe strengthen a little bit, and then come back on land in the Carolinas, and so everybody's going to get an impact from this uh, up and down the East Coast, and Pennsylvania's in the cone of influence uh, over the weekend as well, and into Monday. So uh, we'll keep you posted about that. We certainly have got to keep an eye out for hurricanes. After observing the Hurricane Agnes anniversary this past summer, we certainly had an opportunity to talk about the fact that there are uh, just so many things that hurricanes can do, you know, randomly. You can't even predict it. And the meteorologists uh, are more sophisticated today, but most didn't anticipate that it would go uh, across Florida and go back out onto the Atlantic. So it's that uh, aimless hurricane that always is the most vexing for meteorologists. An aimless hurricane. Right. Well, that sounds rather random. Yeah, which was it? Well, about 2017 or so, there was one that went out way out in the North Atlantic and then came back to the U.S. and uh, caused a lot of problems. So, all right, so the, we're talking about that. Maybe you have an observation. Everybody has somebody in Florida that they know and are acquainted with, and uh, Joe, half of Joe's friends now live in Florida, <laughs> so uh, we can talk about that. Uh, we do have just some of the scant outlines of Doug Mastriano's education plan, so we can discuss that. One of our good listeners says, uh, yes, we need to hear Mastriano's plan. The public school system worked before it was political. Today it's a disaster. If I had kids today, I would never enroll them in the public school system. Well, that's so we a appreciate that. indictment. Well, but I, and I did reply. We'd love some more specifics. Please, yeah, call us back. All right, Mike was on the line before the break, and he's on the line after the break, so we're going to let him finish, and then we'll do the brief news headlines. We'll take a break, but we got open phones. Sunbury Motor Company, our sponsor, toll-free line open, one 800 795 Five nine five six five. When did hurricanes come become political? We wanted to ask uh, the opinion of Jim Crisula, but we didn't because he's a fact-based reporter. So, uh, but when did hurricanes become political? I know I'm watching Ron DeSantis, hoping that he does well there with the response there, a life-saving response we need. But a lot of folks say, oh, you know, what's let's evaluate him if he's going to be president. How does he handle a hurricane? President Biden handling the hurricane? Really? How's he handling? <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I'm. <laughs> A little bit nervous. He was caught looking for a dead dead congresswoman yesterday, so that didn't work no, out. What was he looking for? Uh, he was at a function that I think was at least in part a memorial service for a congresswoman who died recently in a crash along with her staff. Oh, and, yes, uh, okay. He was looking all over for Jackie something. So that was a disaster. He thought she was alive? Yep. Oh, gosh. Thought it, it, when he was sharp enough to notice that she wasn't there, yeah, well, but not yeah, sharp enough was. to remember that she's dead. Okay. So, but anyway, toll-free line I'm open. sorry, that's not really funny. <laughs> You it's think. Not surprising, you but think. not funny. Yeah, definitely not funny. I think <laughs> there's no doubt about that. All right, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarket.wkok.com. Text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. Mike, you may begin. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. 
Hey, you know, people people just do love going to Florida. You know, like you said, uh, Mark. You know, everybody knows people that have moved down there and stuff. And uh, and I know from experience when I went down there, you know, I was familiar with floods. Okay, I grew up along the Susquehanna River, and wherever the uh, land, the highest predicted tide was like eight feet where we were living there in Crystal River, and. Uh, so I wouldn't I wouldn't put a house on anything that had a four foot more margin, you know, because you figure you know things can always be worse. But most people don't think like that, so you know they they make these choices and and that's what happened. I mean, I had a friend, he he couldn't get to his house. We had a you know one of these stalled fronts, you know, like that causes the big floods here, like Eloise or whatever. Well, he he lived along the Withlacoochee River and his house was inaccessible for three weeks. The water came up and it just spread out and it just took forever to go down. You know, the rain had stopped, but it took so long to drain, you know, a meandering uh, river, small river on a flat plain. So, you know, Florida is a beautiful place, but something like this is going to change people's behavior. So the, the winners out of this thing are going to be, you know, inland South Carolina, North Carolina, Tennessee, Alabama. The, people are going to say, hey, I want to go to the south, but I don't want to go to Florida. So it, it's going to... It's going to change people's behaviors, obviously, and uh, you know. So I, you know, I don't really know, you know, what to say about it. I wasn't there for this hurricane, but it is political. It, all you have to do is open your eyes and ears and turn on MSNBC and CNN and and find out how the Democrats are, are playing this. You know that they're the only ones that can save us from hurricanes in the future. <laughs> and you know, it, it's just it's really it's really disgusting. You know, rather than talking about people making good choices and making good plans and following directions. They're turning it into a political football. But, hey, that's the age we live in, and uh, that's what we have to accept. Well, and I think because the, cl- the climate discussion has gotten political, that's really the issue behind you know MSNBC and the rest of them. Yeah, and I heard, a re- speaking to that point that you're making, I heard one of the reporters yesterday saying, well, this is a, this heavy rain is the result of global warming. Oh, great. <laughs> well, you know, folks, even Joe Bastardi acknowledges that the uh, Gulf of Mexico is about two degrees hotter than it used to be, and the planet is warming. Now, whether we did it or that's natural or whatever, you know, even he acknowledges is that the hurricanes are stronger and more frequent now, uh, minus what happened through the first half of the hurricane season this year. I don't think they're more frequent, but I think they are stronger. They're stronger and bigger. Isn't that the story that yep, they, they were pro- pushing? Now, not that there are more of them, just okay, that they so, are very Right. Every climate powerful. scientist agrees that the planet's warmer than it used to be and hurricanes are bigger and stronger. So, But the why and what we do about it is where it becomes a dispute and political, and you know, and that's where we are, Mike. Well, exactly. But the thing that's being left out of the conversation is the word cyclical. If you if you look at the tracks of hurricanes, you know, over the last hundred years, you'll see that uh, the Mid Atlantic in New England was a frequent target for a while, and then it shifted. You know, things go in cycles. And again, uh, you know, we did have ice ages. We did have uh, warming in between the ice ages, and and we happen to be in a uh, period that's. Uh, you know, an interglacial period. Who knows? The, you know, we were taught when we were younger that there was an ice age coming. Now, I'm not. I'm not saying anything because I know that when you put stuff into the atmosphere, you change the system. There's just no doubt about that. But is, is CO2 the driving factor in this? You know, you, there's so many variables involved in climate. When you when we when we change when we took down all the trees in the United States, you could 
Well, not all the trees. Oh, I got a couple yeah. in my yard. Yeah. Joe has a hundred-year-old <laughs> oak tree. When, when a squirrel so. could would go from the Atlantic Ocean to the Mississippi and never touch the ground because there were so many trees, you know, uh, that it just changes the system. We we the atmosphere is a system, and anything that man does here on the ground has an effect, and and that's what we have to measure. And, and they point the finger at CO two. They don't point the finger at, at all the. Uh, roofs that people have on houses they don't paint all the concrete all the asphalt all the building all the heat that we generate just by making electricity the waste heat so to speak so yeah it's a big thing but to control the co2 is the temperature knob that that is really up for debate okay it, it is a contributor but is that the driving force of the things that we're seeing that's you don't the buy question. It. Okay. And no one's willing to answer that. You don't buy it or you question it. it. Well, they do know for sure. Most scientists say they do know for sure, and that is the linchpin in the in, in the atmosphere is carbon. But not everybody buys it, and, of course, there's credible folks who say that's false. You know, look at Joe Bassardi, he's a renowned uh, climate denier, and, but well, uh, still the go-to guy yeah. for that discussion. Mark, if you made your living getting research money, and you were researching anything other than climate is the driver, do you think you're getting any money at Penn State or whatever university you're working at? There's a good point. You're probably not. Yeah, exactly. I'm going to do a study exactly. that proves that the Earth is not warming and that nothing uh, climate change has nothing to do with our weather patterns. <laughs> well, Bastardi makes a living at it now at Weatherbell, <laughs> but that's another well, topic. Yeah, but he's he's not he's not a research scientist at any of these major universities. No, uh, you know, definitely not. So it, not it, it's just like what I, I said. It's going to change people's behavior going to Florida this hurricane for a while, and then people will forget. You know, the generation or so will go by, and if there's enough room to fit any more people in there down there, they'll <laughs> fit them in later. You know. But here here's so, a, here's an issue. If let's say they are right, and that that, that what we've done to the atmosphere or the climate has made these storms bigger, more dangerous, and we're not prepared for that. Then, and, and this sheriff is right, and there are at least hundreds of people in his area dead as a result of this, then I think we have to relook. We either have to do something about the conditions that are causing the storms to be bigger and more powerful, or we have to find some way to address our building codes and our preparedness efforts to make sure that people don't die from these storms. So we, we need we need we need a government to save us from ourselves is what you're saying. Well, I, mean, that, that's, <laughs> I don't like to put I mean, it that's that the way. Bottom line, you know, I don't like to put it that way because I, I, you know, I think people have a right to live wherever they want to. But you know, you assume a risk. If I live along the river and the river floods from time to time, that's a risk I assume. Now, if I buy flood insurance, I'm asking other people to help me uh, ameliorate that risk and make it less onerous for me. But on the other hand, I made the decision to move into an area that could be potentially dangerous. Well, and I think uh, it was I think it was on America's First News this morning. I forget who they were quoting, and it may or may not be reliable data, but they said between six and a thousand people moved to Florida every single day. Really? Yes. So oh, yeah. can you imagine your 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 population is booming? Well, that's what I wanted to ask about Jim Crusula. If everybody's moving down there, well, how the heck can you evacuate? You know, the extra hundred thousand people you have every year. Well, look at the housing down there. If you call up uh, the development where one of my friends lives. I mean, it's house after house after house. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it, look, it looks odd when you Google Earth it because mm -hmm. there's so many homes crammed right. into a single no family trees homes and crammed no, in. No, You're right, no, no trees. Open, no green space. Nope, nothing at all. All right, Mike, we'll let you wrap up. Go right ahead. 
Yeah, I mean, the reality is what was happening in Florida with the people moving there and the development and the way they packed them in, it, it was a catastrophe waiting to happen, and finally this storm came along, and, and maybe we're going to find over 200 people uh, that drowned or whatever in, in Naples. You know, but often these initial reports or speculations are, are very wrong. We're going to find out. True. But you know, there's going to be a bigger hurricane. There's going to be a worse one. <clears throat> I don't expect to live that much longer, but I'm sure I'm going to see one that's, uh, you know, I'm not sure, but I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to see one that's going to be way worse than this and talked about more and kill more. It's just the way it is. All right. Thank you, sir. Thanks for checking in. Glad Hope to hear from you. Appreciate that. one 800 795 Talking about climate, science, politics, and hurricanes. All in the same <laughs> sentence, really. It's all the same conversation. So. Well, you know, you answer your own question. When did hurricanes become political? You know, uh, I think it was after boy. Katrina when they uh, when they who they faulted uh, President Bush for his lack of response right. or lack of doing the right things or being fully prepared. But you know, how do you prepare for a disaster without knowing the scope of the disaster? No one can really prepare for it, and you don't know the scope of it until it happens. You can put things in place that hopefully will make it better, like Governor DeSantis yesterday in the news conference that Fox covered and MSNBC and CNN ignored. He talked about all of the electrical companies that had pre-positioned repair units in Florida ready to go to work the minute the storm let up so that they could restore power. He talked about all the other facilities. They had the guy on from the Cajun Navy. They're down there ready to help people evacuate after the storm subsides. So, I mean, those seem like reasonable things to do. But then they had a picture this morning on, I th- it was either Fox or CNN, of a fire company uh, where they had like a foot or two feet of water in their firehouse. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and they, how can they respond? You know, they can't take the equipment out in something yeah, like that. Yeah, usually they're built a little bit up, so all the roads would be flooded. So, well, so no, you well, can't I think fault George... them for lack of preparedness. I mean, they were prepared, but they just couldn't survive or couldn't work in the conditions that were present. I think the the Bushes started the presidential beating of um, people who presidents who would get uh, in trouble, and it might have started with Hurricane Andrew, um, and I think that's. You know the one that really, really devastated Florida, and really extensively caused you know lengthy, lengthy homelessness and wiped out homes and flooded so much. And George H. W. Bush, my recollection was it really b- became a topic of conversation that he didn't respond, you know, as he should have. May, I, maybe th- maybe that more so than <laughs> no new taxes cost him the election. So, and then of course since then we've been gauging presidents by well, their response. Think about Katrina. It was the levees in in um, New Orleans that collapsed. In other words, they were not taken and um, maintained in a way, and they weren't expanded in a way that would preclude a storm from damaging them. You know, so whose fault was well, that? They, they faulted the mayor of, of New Orleans at the time, Governor, I think it was Governor Landrew and President Bush, all came in for criticism. But I, I think it's awfully hard to plan and for a disaster, I know that when I was on the state emergency communications committee, you know, we we had plans for one limited area for communications. How do we keep that up in, the, in something like this? So you come up with what you think are reasonable things to do in advance that would mm-hmm. hopefully make the thing better. But then something else completely happens that makes those plans look 
ridiculous. Right. And, and, inadequate. Or you like you do like uh, George W. Bush when he was flying over Katrina's damage and looked down. And, you know, I forget what he said. He, some sort of remark got to the press that is something you know uncaring or you know like that ought to hold him or something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but there was criticism that extended from that. You know, may, maybe because he only did a flyover instead of landing or something like that. You know, but uh, so the, the criticisms were plentiful by then. Well, the last thing they need in the middle of a disaster is for the president to fly in. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> it just causes more problems, more confusion. I think that's why Obama said he wasn't going to fly to go see. And I think he was smart in doing some that. of the damage of the disasters while he was in office. One eight hundred. What's your view on this? We're talking about the politics of climate change, the politics of the news media covering it, the politics of uh, the president's response. We have Ron DeSantis, who, uh, by all accounts, seems to be doing a good job getting ready for the uh, hurricane there. Well, was doing a good job getting ready, and now the response afterward will be, uh, he'll have to be uh, judged by that. But and at the same time... We talk about Doug Mastriano's plan, right, which is we where will. we started here right. this But morning. at the same time, uh, you know, I think Doug Mastriano, or scratch that, Ron DeSantis recognizes the fact that if he flubs this, his hope, and he's already got a presidential campaign, um, you know, infrastructure in place, all of that is lost if he flubs the response to Ian, and so that's why I think he's, you know, really making sure he does it right. 1-800-795-9565. I have to do news headlines when we come back, but we'll take more comers on this conversation. We'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could shop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. 1-800-795-9565. Our sponsor, toll-free line, 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemarketwkok.com and text us at 70236. Brief headline, Sunbury Fire Police say uh, they are definitely not in the black right now. They just had to spend $50,000 on radios and a sinkhole opened up in their parking lot. That'll cost thousands of dollars. They are holding a fundraiser this Saturday at the Eagles Club, 3rd and Chestnut Streets in Sunbury. We have more about that at WKOK.com. Joe, if you want your bivalent COVID-19 shot, you can get it tomorrow. State House member Linda Schlegel-Culver uh, holding a senior health fair from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. Susquehanna Valley. Mall 30 vendors will be there. Their flu and COVID shots will be present. Should municipalities regulate solar panels? Sharon Shannon Rossman, uh, Lycoming County Planning and Community Economic Development Director, gave an overview of some solar ordinances in Lycoming County yesterday. We do require that they do a glare study to make sure that they are not causing any issues for the surrounding neighbors. We look at it and we have it reviewed by our experts. 
We also have noise requirements, that they have a noise analysis done because there is some noise associated with these facilities. The sheep may be bleating underneath the solar panels who eat all the weeds down and so on. Anyway, uh, Senator Yaw held that solar panel yesterday. Uh, Senator Mastriano of Pennsylvania running for governor has a plan for education. Under that plan, AP uh, compiled this and says state funding dollars would instead not go to school districts but go to students and property tax would typically that typically goes to schools would be eliminated Property taxes are the dominant source of income for schools, supplying about $15 billion in Pennsylvania last year. Mastriano's offered no plan to replace that lost revenue. How much money goes to the kids under Mastriano's plan also varies, anywhere from between nine dollars and $15,000 for students. And right now, between school districts in the state, we spend about $19,000 per student. Uh, he would like this money to be available to students to fund private education if they so choose, or they could buy their way into public education if they so choose. And Joe, it's a little too late for you, but some folks might be looking for a recession-proof investment. Well, I have one word for you, Lego. Apparently, people are buying it up, even though the economy is slowing. Lego reported an extra $3.5 billion in sales this f so far this year. That's billion with a B. They say two things are helping, smaller, less expensive kits, and grown-ups who can't get enough of it. There are two things in the investment world that always hold their value. Do you know what they are? Legos and gold? Nope, guns. Oh, guns. Guns keep going up and they never go down. All right. Callers are awaiting. Dick, thanks for waiting. Go right ahead. Well, two quick points. Uh, first of all, the president did call Governor DeSantis. That was my first point. And secondly, one of the things that hurt this in this particular hurricane is for three days, all you heard was evacuate Tampa area. And they left and they left a lot. And by the hundreds, hundreds and thousands left up there. And then the, the, the thing shifted 90 to 100 miles south of there. And those people did not have the same amount of notice that it was going to be a bullseye down there. And then it got pretty late for them to get on the roads and get out of there. I, I know that to be true because from some people down there ran into this situation. Okay. All right. So they I were... mean, a 90 mile to 100 mile thing is a lot different. You didn't hear them tell them to get out down there like they were in Tampa for that went on for two and a half days when it was below Cuba already. That's where it was going to go, and they missed it by that much. And there, and the bullseye changed, and the people down there just didn't get out in time. They and then and then they had to leave at night when the roads were already crowded. I guess it's just it was just a. a it just was a bad situation all the way around when it came to that. Goodbye. All right. Yeah, Thank you, point. sir. Thank Thanks you. For calling in. Chris, time for the finding of fact you always bring to our show. Much appreciated. I'm sure I'm wrong about something. Please go right ahead. Well, you're doing a heck of a job, Brownie. Uh, <laughs> there we go. That's it. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> Everybody remembers things better than I do. So good 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 reference yeah that was uh, but, uh yeah and there was uh there was a sort of a drop dead new york headline when uh the southern senators who've gotten a lot of relief the uh, congressmen senators or congressmen voted against aid for new york or held it up for a few days and there was the obama uh christie hug that thank him in Republican eyes because he, they, he, he welcomed Obama to New Jersey when they were working on, with a hug, when they were working on uh, uh, relief from the <laughs> one that 
at the Jersey Shore. Are you allowed to hug the president? Why not? He uh, sniffs not other if people's he's a, hair. A Democrat, and you're a Republican trying to appeal to the current Republican Party. Oh, gotcha. Right. I gotcha. That's, that's not allowed at all. Mm-hmm. No, no. You're not allowed to do that. Okay. And uh, I think the Katrina thing was really uh, the fact that the situation that brought it to a head against Bush was that he was very slow in doing anything nationally to alleviate the situation in the Astrodome. And the people were starting to die there, and reporters were trying to report on it, and they said, get some help down here! Mm -hmm. And nobody was. Okay. And then there was the Louisiana state troopers trying to block people coming across the bridge, I think, or maybe that was a different state even, I forget which it was, when they were trying to leave Louisiana by the bridge, they weren't allowed to. The state troopers, uh, armed state troopers, stopped them and turned them back on the bridge. And this was they didn't want black people coming across into other areas. This was President H.W. Bush. Didn't they move a whole lot of people, Chris? Didn't they move a whole lot of people out of the Astrodome to Dallas? As my memory serves me. Oh yeah, that was late later on. Yes, yes. After after uh, help and aid did get there, they moved them to Houston. They moved them several places in the South. Houston took a lot of people. That's right, the Astrodome. Right, they moved them there. Yep. Yep. Okay. But uh, it wasn't the I was. It was whatever the. It was the one in. I'm sorry. I, it's not the Astrodome. It was the one I was talking about. Was the one in uh, in Louisiana, whatever that's called, the Dome Stadium. That's where they were. The New Orleans people. Were. And didn't President uh, W. Bush again say to Brown, "You look great on camera," or something, or something? You have a nice. Oh, he was. He was a. Uh, Political appointee from contributing, and he got a, he got a job he didn't really know much about. And he probably got more blame than he deserved, but he didn't. He probably deserved some of it. <laughs> okay. He was the FEMA but director. He was, he, of was a, he was a horse race guy or something. But he was the FEMA he director. Got appointed in charge of FEMA right. by Bush. Yeah, I remember he quit just as the yeah. cleanup was getting underway. Well, I think there's probably a longer history in America of uh, people mishandling natural catastrophes and getting political well, I remember problems. When, I remember when, it, but but it's only been in yeah. recent years, wouldn't you agree? I mean, since maybe the 30s, where government has taken an active role in these things. Or presidents. Prior to that time, it was pretty much well. You know, you you made the decision. Now you live with it. Uh, well, I think with the when the levees broke in back in the forties uh, or fifties or something in New Orleans, there was also quite a bit of uh, federal help going on, and and missed federal help. Okay. Well, that was my point that prior to the thirties, it was pretty much you, you you were on your own. 
All right, we got you, Chris. Thank you Thanks, so much Chris. for the conversation. Much appreciated. All yeah. right, uh, upper right-hand corner there, Joe. In 1900, 8,000 people were killed on Galveston Island, and approximately 3,000 more were killed on the mainland. Was that climate change? It certainly was life-changing. God has always used the elements to remind us he is the Almighty, whether for reparation or another reason. <laughs> okay, there you go. Yeah, they died as sinners. Uh, let's see, President Trump could use a Sharpie to help Florida right now. <laughs> you remember when he changed the cone of influence right. <laughs> on uh, one of the hurricanes so that it wouldn't hit, or so that it would hit Louisiana right. after they told him it wasn't going to. And uh, one of my fa- favorite memes from that was President uh, Trump uh, with the uh, holding up a picture saying for Louisiana residents we can rebuild and it showed a person in their backyard and their one of their lawn chairs had been knocked over by the wind that's the only <laughs> damage is one lawn chair was on its side and President Trump was holding it up says we can rebuild uh, to them all right well we got to take another quickie break but we'll take more comers we've got one standing by one coming in but we'll take more callers so we're talking about the political ramifications of hurricane response we uh, mentioned Doug Mastriano's educational plan, and we're going to refer to that again as our show progresses here. You're listening to News Radio 1070 WKOK Sunbury. I'll second guest dinners with friends because they can be interrupted by diarrhea, gas, bloating, stomach pain, or oily stools. It turns out I have EPI, or exocrine pancreatic insufficiency, which means I'm missing the enzymes needed to digest food. My doctor prescribed Creon, pancrelipase, an oral prescription medication that replaces pancreatic digestive enzymes. Creon treats EPI due to cystic fibrosis, chronic pancreatitis, pancreatectomy, or other conditions. Creon may increase your chance of fibrosing colonopathy, a rare bowel disorder. Tell your doctor if you have a history of intestinal blockage or scarring or thickening of your bowel wall. If you're allergic to pork or if you have gout, kidney problems, or worsening of painful swollen joints. Call your doctor if you have any unusual or severe gastrointestinal symptoms or allergic reactions. Take Creon as directed by your doctor and always with food. Do not chew capsules as this may cause mouth irritation. Other side effects may include blood sugar changes, gas, dizziness, sore throat, and cough. These are not all the side effects of Creon. Creon is the number one prescribed EPI treatment. Ask your doctor about Creon for EPI and visit creoninfo.com or call 800-633-9110 to learn more. That's C-R-E-O-N-info.com. Do you know what people see when they Google you? Search engines don't always get it right. And when they're wrong, it's your reputation on the line. So what do you do when you don't agree with your search results? Call Reputation Defender at 800-401-6681. Reputation Defender by Norton is one of the most trusted names in online reputation repair. We have over a decade of experience in fixing people's search results, and we can help you too. Using cutting-edge approaches, Reputation Defender pushes unflattering information down to lower pages of your search results, where few people ever look. We also promote the good stuff so that it rises to the top, letting you put your best foot forward. Your good name is too valuable to leave to the whims of a Google algorithm. You owe it to yourself to take control with Reputation Defender. Visit www.reputationdefender.com or call 800-401-6681 for free advice on your situation. 800-401-6681. I'm excited about fall, but I'm even more excited about the falling prices at Kohl's. I went to their friends and family sale, and not only did I save an extra 20%, I also found sweatshirts and sweatpants for under 19 bucks, cute harvest table decor for 40% off, and great fall styles starting at $23.99. Plus, I earned Kohl's cash. So if you want more style and more savings this season, get to Kohl's. 
Select styles. 20% offer ends October 2nd. Some exclusions apply. See store or at Comfort Details. Nobody should have to pay for one-size-fits-all insurance coverage. Liberty Mutual customizes your car and home insurance, so you only pay for what you need. Visit LibertyMutual.com to learn more. LibertyMutual.com. Hi, everybody. Steve Jones. Our high school football roundtable today, 3 to 5, News Radio 1070, WKOK. Welcome back, uh, Joseph. Good morning, sir. You're on the mark. We're talking about the political impact of hurricanes and how presidents wiggle their way out of it. And, of course, our warming planet. Oh, I got the wrong guy on. Hold on. I put Dan <laughs> on. So Dan quietly stayed quiet. Joseph no, is next. Go ahead. The bill was that President Biden passed that was going to stop hurricanes and stuff. That's ridiculous. And even President Biden, I heard him uh, make the statement that now it's time to get your COVID shot because of this... Uh, uh, when this hurricane was coming. Uh, but uh, to talk of the climate change business, I think your first caller, I think your first caller, he, he was right on. Uh, people don't consider uh, all the blacktop, all the concrete, all the roofs, all the, all these things add to these things, and the, the cutting down of trees, the rainforest being uh, desecrated in, in Brazil, and the burning of that stuff. And all the uh, millions of tons of coal that's burnt each day, uh, how many million barrels of oil are being burnt every day, okay? It's got to affect the weather, absolutely, you know. And uh, I don't know, I, I can't understand. I guess these people feel that uh, there's no difference in the climate and that it won't hurt the climate. They've got to be crazy <laughs> because they're probably the flat earth people also uh, that believe that. And not only that, I'd like to add, uh, it does Here say in go. the Bible, at the end of time. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Thank you. <laughs> What's that? I said, there we go. Thank you. We knew you were going to get there eventually. Good climate conversation. Well, I want to give you facts. That's the only book that really has the facts. No, <laughs> I don't care what Biden or Amy Kovachar or any of them say. But it does say at the end of time that it says, hurt not the grass, neither any green thing, neither any tree until the servants of the Almighty are sealed in their foreheads. So what is saying is the, the world is going to be very environmentally conscious at the end of time. And this applies right at the time after the rapture, because after the rapture, all hell breaks loose. At that, the rapture, when I say that, I'm talking about when the living are giving their new bodies and dead are raised and, and go up to meet the Savior in the air. And that's when the wrath of Yahweh comes upon the earth. And boy, if you think it's bad now, it's really going to be bad then. Okay. All right, we got so that's you. That's all I had to say today. All right, well, thank you so much. Glad Such to hear from you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, Joseph. Next up, uh, Dan, go right ahead. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, Joseph made some good points there about the rapture and how the climate will change drastically. After. Yeah, yeah, even more so after the rapture of the church during the Great Tribulation. But anyway, my call is going to be about vouchers, so I'll stick with it. You know, that's another good reason to vote for Mastriana, because of vouchers. You know, I have a friend. He's a factory worker, his wife works but don't make a lot of money either and they sent their daughters to Christian school and they have to pay that extra
extra out of their pocket, plus they're paying school taxes besides, which isn't very fair at all. So I I praise Mastriana for having a idea that's fair to everybody. And for years, you know, the parochial school people had to pay their way. Now you have more and more people leaving the public school because of the wokeness that they discovered since the during the pandemic. They learned that it's a propaganda machine, you know, towards towards wokeism. Gotcha. So, what are you gonna do? What uh, the right thing to do for Mastriana is go to a voucher system and our president, former president, was for the same thing, President Trump. So I think that's the way we should go in a voucher way, but keep let the government keep their little filthy hands off the money. Now what we really should do is stop the public school system from doing any kind of indoctrination. We should require them to teach facts, not not biblical facts, not scientific facts, I guess, but just facts. Things the schools we all shouldn't on. teach scientific facts? Well, yeah, they should teach okay, scientific facts. Okay, I was going to say. But I'm, I'm, what I'm from the standpoint of putting a political bent on them is what I was reaching for, and I failed to get there. So what's, a, okay, give me a, give, we're in a science class, and all of a sudden a teacher makes a political point. Give we me talk an example. About, we talk about what causes weather to happen, not why it happened. The why is, oh, with the climate change, we are doing all these things. You know, people are ignoring that we, we were going to have a hole in the ozone layer that we we're all going to die of skin cancer 10 years ago. We didn't. You know, let's talk about facts. Let's talk about real science. Let's teach kids reading, writing, arithmetic, but not political discussions about that and whether or not they are boys or girls or whether or not they should understand at age five what uh, gay people are. You know, those aren't things that are necessarily part of the curriculum. I don't think. But if we, Dad, if we take all the money out of public education, what do we have left? We have a series of parochial schools, each teaching something different. And get well, off my lawn. Yell that at the end of your diatribe there. <laughs> well, one thing, you get vouchers. The public school's going to have to get better. They're going to have to improve competition or improve them if they're if they want to be improved but here you said about facts that is the problem that the, the parochial christian schools they want their kids to be taught facts and that does include the bible bible's perfect science <laughs> and that's part of the problem one evolution but it's not, Dan. I don't think you get the same education at a Catholic school as you get at a, a biblical-based, if you want to call it that, evangelical school. That's not the same education, and not, not the same exactly. set of facts. You yeah, know, so what we're right. doing is we're teaching religious intolerance to people instead of teaching them the things they need to know to survive in the world. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Catholic. I've been one all my life. My parents did not send me to Catholic school because they said, you're going to have to meet all sorts of people in your lifetime, and they're not all going to be Catholics. It'd be a good idea if you learned how to get along with people. And I think that's what the public education system... I went to school with black kids, white kids, Jewish kids, Hispanic kids, Catholic kids... 
and we all learned to we all learned to get along together. I I had the same experience, but I went to a different public school that the different school than they have today. They weren't in. Yeah, we learned. They did teach evolution, but not heavily. I didn't know what I believed back in them days, but they weren't wokeness. We learned. We had. We learned political. We had political science. All them courses that weren't woke. Today, the public school. Now, six. We're having our sixty-year class reunion just this weekend. We'll have it, but. Sixty years ago, I was in a different public school than exists today. They keep going further to the left. They, they were going a little bit left for years, but now they're completely off the mark. Sorry, sorry, Mark, but they're off the mark. But anyway, the pro, what we need is vouchers in a system. That will have it'll make the public school better if they're going to get better, because a lot of people do not want their kids taught false things like race theory that white people are the problem. They don't want that taught. Look what happened in Virginia that the parents found out how the school districts were and they changed it. They got a different governor, and hopefully the same thing happens in Pennsylvania. Right. They didn't throw out the public education system, Dan. The parents uh, under the governor of Virginia have tried to take back the schools from the people who are indoctrinating their kids, and that I fully support. You know, I, I don't think we should be indoctrinating kids into what, what they should believe. We should be teaching them to think critically and to make up their own mind. You said yep. you didn't know what you believed back in those days. Well, fine. Right. You had a chance. You were taught how to think, I guess, and you, were, you made your own conclusions. But you can't right. now deny that to everybody else, to right. people who might come to a different conclusion than you did. We've got to hit the road. Uh, Thank you so much, present, We can present both views. And once you see them side by side, you'll see what the truth is. You'll see the light. All right. Thank you you'll so much, You'll see Dan. the light. And <laughs> thank you, you guys sir. have a great day. Hey, Good too, talk. That song, Blinded by the Light. 1-800-799. like a deuce, another runner in the night. And who wrote that? So who signed, Was that Bruce Springsteen? No, it wasn't Bruce Springsteen. Okay. It, well, I forget who it was. one 800 If you know that answer, we'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing, they can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area. That's Sunbury Motors, where you get selection, knowledgeable salespeople, and prices that fit your budget, and more important, that friend you can trust. Welcome to Sunbury Motors, Kia, Ford, and Hyundai. You could chop other dealers and compare prices, but at Sunbury Motors, you get their lowest price promise. They research the current used vehicle market and guarantee their used car prices are the lowest. If you find a lower price, Sunbury Motors will beat it. Three dealers, all in one. See their full new and pre-owned inventory at sunburymotors.com. Pick out a vehicle you like and schedule your test drive online. Follow them on Facebook. Sunbury Motors Ford and Hyundai, North 4th Street, Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Stan, you're on the mark. You get two, no, three minutes. Okay, uh... Why is it wrong 
for uh, for parents to be able to determine what schools that they go go to. I mean, the lower incomes. This, you know, giving vouchers for education to lower income families frees them up with a decision that they can make to where they send their school their kids. Otherwise, they're just paying property tax or whatever, and they have they, they don't have enough money to send the, the kids their kids to the schools that they think would be best for their kids. Why is that wrong, that vouchers? The reason it's wrong is because, first of all, what are the consequences of that? Everybody's deciding to send their kid to a different school. So you've got school buses running all over Hell's Half Acre, dropping kids off at this school, that school, the other school. Why not just try to make every public school good? <laughs> the devil has a half acre? It would be a lot easier. <laughs> well, first of all, they're, they're government schools, Joe. But anyways, you're right. They should be better. And why aren't they better? because of the Democrats. influence of the government on those schools you know when they when you have teachers not in all schools trying to feed this uh oh a gender identity stuff down into the kids when if if they can't uh determine what is a boy or who is a boy or who's a girl and they think that one can become another or whatever that's not science. No. Last time I checked, science says there are two sexes, male or female. And you cannot switch. Once once you're born, you are what you are. But I agree with you. you we don't teach switch. that. We can't permit that stuff to be taught in school. It's not age appropriate. At some point, a kid will need to learn what's going on out in the world, but not at the ages of three to five or first grade to kindergarten or kindergarten to fifth grade. I mean, that's the kind of stuff we need to get out of the public school system. At some point, it's age appropriate, maybe in high school or junior high, to have a conversation with kids about all the different sexual things that are out there in the world. I mean, they should be informed about them, but age appropriately. And we need to stop indoctrinating people. You know, the, we had a story yesterday where a teacher was asked to, uh, at a middle school uh -huh. in Pennsylvania, to remove the pride flag from the wall. Every time you talk about something, you don't indoctrinate somebody, just for your information. Well, why, why would you put a pride flag <laughs> up in your classroom if you didn't intend to spark a discussion about whether or not that and what it represented and what what there was about it. That well, how can you talk about our culture or sociology or people? It, it, you that can, could but be... age appropriate. That's not doesn't belong right, in a middle school or an elementary it's, school. All right, we got you. Pushing an agenda. Now, the thing oh, is, Stan, we're out of time. Know, I'm sorry yeah, to do okay. this. People sorry, with a lot of money can make choices that the four three people can't. All right, call so us tomorrow. Yeah. Thank no, you, that sir. That needs to change. No, I right. agree. Thanks, Dan. Yeah, thank you so yep. much. Sorry to limit, but we have to get both our good callers in here. Lance, you're on the mark. Go right ahead. I got to say, here comes old Johnny One Note again. But, you know... Drinking? Uh, what, what the uh, top dog at the big teachers' union said one time when they said, well, what about the kids? And they said, well, when they start paying union dues, I'll worry about the kids. <laughs> exactly Forgot about said. that, but that's a good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway... Uh, you know, the government did take care of people uh, during uh, catastrophes, as witnessed by the Johnstown flood. That tax or whatever was on there for years and years and years and years, as I remember. And as you think about the schools, think about if Ford was the only company allowed to sell cars in the United States, what kind of cars would we have? probably the same quality as the education that we have. I mean, really, think about it. <laughs> yeah, no competition. Right. 
And that's exactly what would drive it if we had some competition. And there's enough money out there to do it. Yeah, there'd only be one kind of car, and it wouldn't have any cup holders. That became the the race in the in the two thousands was you know, how many cup holders can you get in your car? Yeah. Well, now you think about the well, the sex education you're talking about in the schools, gender identity, and all that. The only sex education I remember, and I've been out of school now for fifty five years was when the shop boys got to watch a film. It was an army training film as to how to prevent social disease. That was about it. And they only showed that to shop boys? Boys uh, in shop. Boys in shop, I don't know. Well, all the boys took shop. Back in the day, you had to. Yeah, how else are you going to build your book ends? I don't well, know. I mean, <laughs> the, I mean the vocational students. It wasn't... Uh, um, they didn't have any industrial arts after 10th grade, or no, 9th grade, I think it was. Hmm. At least at Shikolini, I can tell you that. No, we had them in Harrisburg at William Penn. We took shop all through high school, or one form or another. There was always an elective that had something to do with it. Thank you so much, sir. Thanks for calling. One of our listeners says, stop all these falsehoods about what's going on in our public schools. Public schools outperform charter and private school. Go to the State Department of Education for the facts. I'm a retired teacher of 34 years. None of these theories are being taught in our schools. Ask a teacher, administrator, or school board member. Thank you, says R.B. from Mifflinburg. Yeah, thank you. Occasionally, do get some facts mixed into our false conversation. This is WKOK Sunbury.